Come on, Joe Buffum. Gracias. This is the Rorschach, Georgia update from the 24th of August, 2023. Quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. Let's kick this bad boy off with some political news. On Monday, the 21st, Sopo Japaridze, a member of the United National Movement, or Natsebi, launched the Victory Campaign, an election campaign on behalf of Misha. She outlined a plan to travel to different regions, engage with citizens, and gather their opinions in writing. She said she would directly share these opinions with Misha and use them to develop a strategy for the 2024 elections. This announcement angered Georgia Dream, or Otsneba members. The best I could come up with, sticklers for detail, was Mikhail Sadajashvili, chair of the Parliamentary Committee on Human Rights. He said that, quote, Misha must not be able to carry out an election campaign in the country, end quote, as Georgian law prohibits the participation of foreign citizens in the election, referring to Misha's Ukrainian citizenship. Uh-huh. Friday the 18th, Prime Minister Irakli Kharabashvili held a farewell meeting with the United States Ambassador Kelly Degnan, who has completed her diplomatic term in the country. Diplomatic language aside, Osneba members did not hide their negative attitude towards Ambassador Degnan, who had an annoying habit of telling the truth to them. Irakli Zarkua, Otsneba member, said, and I quote, you are a wrecker, Mrs. Ambassador, end quote, and that Degnan failed as an ambassador because, in his opinion, she was one of the creators of the revolutionary wave in the country, referring to the large protests in March against Otsneba's adoption of the foreign agents law, otherwise known as the best thing to happen to the Samshoblo in many years. In a farewell interview with Radio Liberty in response to the criticism from Otsneba, Degnan said that politicians say that what they have to say, even when they know it's not true. She emphasized the importance of overcoming political polarization and urged people to vote in the upcoming elections. We'll miss you, Ambassador Asskicker. We've got some updates on that deadly landslide in Chauvy. On Tuesday, the 22nd, the Ministry of Internal Affairs reported that Rescuers discovered another body in the disaster zone in Chauvy. Until now, they have found 29 bodies in the landslide area, and they are currently searching for four more missing people. Meanwhile, political tensions regarding the tragedy continue. Natsebi published an interim report on the deadly landslide, which says that in critical hours, the ruling party left the citizens in the face of disaster. Natsebi once again requested the creation of an investigative commission in Parliament, which would give a clear picture of what happened that tragic day. In response, Otsneba members criticized Natsebi for using the tragedy to pit the public against the government. They also called Natsebi hypocrites, as none of the party members visited Chauvy after the landslide. However, a Natsebi delegation did visit Chauvy after a landslide for the first time on Tuesday the 22nd. Locals concentrated on helping the victims of the tragedy. For instance, they crowdfunded money and purchased an apartment for a four-year-old, Lucy, who lost her mother. On to international news, on Thursday the 17th, during his visit to Israel, Prime Minister Irakli Kharabashvili met with his Israeli counterpart, Bibi Netanyahu, the well-known corrupt cynical autocrat. The administration of the government of Georgia released an extremely bland statement, reporting that the two leaders discussed cooperation between Georgia and Israel in various fields and explored prospects, for further deepening their existing collaboration. The officials discussed plans to launch negotiations on a free trade agreement next year with Kharibashvili, noting that trade and economic relations between the two countries are growing consistently. 2022 export-import 
between the two countries increased by 23% compared to the previous year. As Netanyahu destroys what's left of Israeli democracy, no normal heads of state want to be seen in the same room with him, so the meeting was beneficial to both men. To Bibi, to show that somebody will be seen with him, for Gharibashvili to tell the EU once again, loudly, but not obviously, to the Georgian public, that he does not want Georgia to get EU candidate status. And the EU has returned the favor as clearly as they can. Otsneba grappled with managing the aftermath of its exclusion from the Athens summit on Monday the 21st, where EU aspirant nations convened. Unnamed diplomatic sources disclosed to civil.ge that they might summon the Greek ambassador to the foreign ministry to express their crankiness. Greece initiated the summit as a follow-up to the Thessaloniki-EU-Balkan summit two decades ago. Unsurprisingly, Moldova and Ukraine participated in the summit, which Charles Michel, European Council president, framed as an informal meeting on EU enlargement. Georgia's foreign ministry decided on the inaccurate message that the focus was on the Ukraine conflict as the only reason for inviting Kiev and Chisinau. Some Kremlin-captured Brussels-based diplomats dutifully expressed confusion over Georgia's and Turkey's exclusion, while others noted the prioritization of Ukraine and Moldova due to their advancement in the process. On to some actual Western cooperation. On Monday the 21st, NATO's Agile Spirit 2023 multinational exercises kicked off in Georgia. For the 11th time, the Ministry of Defense welcomed participants from 22 countries at the official opening of the NATO-Georgia Joint Training and Evaluation Center in Kurtzanisi. Over 3,500 troops from Germany, Romania, the UK, Belgium, Azerbaijan, and the US are participating in Agile Spirit, with 1,200 being from the US, according to the US Department of Defense. Let's jump to some cultural news. On Monday the 21st, more than 200 people in the film industry signed a statement boycotting the Georgia National Film Center, or GNFC, after Teatzulukiani, Minister of Culture, after long funding cuts and attempts to push him out, fired its respected and successful director, Gaga Chaidze, in March 2022, and appointed her loyal supporter to direct it, with further cuts and firings even after that. The employees believed Zalukiani was behind all of this even after the firing. Cinematographers demanded a change in the procedure for appointing the director of the film center. They said that professionals in the field should elect the director of the cinema center through a transparent public process rather than the minister making unilateral decisions to appoint her ally. They decided to boycott future GNFC competitions and projects to avoid becoming part of formalities that, quote, destroy modern Georgian cinema culture, and science. Even more cultural stuff, the first Georgian festival in the historical Laville estate near Paris dedicated to Georgian art and culture ended on Saturday the 20th. Laville hosted the first democratic government of Georgia after the USSR invaded the country in 1921. In 2016, France officially transferred the Laville estate back to Georgia. Culture Ministry said that Georgian artists, folklore, choreographic ensembles, and theater actors performed for Georgian Emigrants and foreign guests. Festival's closing event at the estate included performances by Georgian State Academic Song and Dance Ensemble Erisioni, the Women's Folklore Ensemble Ialoni, and a play by Tumanishvili Film Actors Theater. Fantastic event, but keep in mind that although it is an hour train ride from the Austerlitz station in Paris, it is not normally open to the public and nothing has been done by the current government to create a place of interest or activity there in any permanent way. TechWise, on Monday the 22nd, Interpress reported that insurance company Ardi had created 
Ardiana, the world's first AI enterprise voice assistant that speaks Georgian. RD policyholders can use it to book the most requested services, visit to family doctors. It'll answer the first call and never put people on standby, even during peak demand. RD collaborated with the technological startup Colin AI to develop the project, which won the Georgian Startup Summit and the Google Award for Conversation Design. National Statistics Office reported that car imports surpassed 1.6 billion U.S. dollars, experiencing a surge of 96% between January and July 2023. Re-exports also saw substantial growth, with Georgia re-exporting almost 1.8 billion U.S. dollars worth of cars to other countries. Notably, third-party nations received over 60,000 vehicles that transited through Georgia, reflecting a 200% increase in car exports. Car re-exports accounted for 33% of the overall export volume. Georgian automobile dealers primarily sold over 7,000 units to Kyrgyzstan, amounting to nearly 300 million U.S. dollars in this Central Asian nation. As a result, the average price of exported cars to Kyrgyzstan is a remarkably high $40,000. Call me crazy, but I'm guessing that not all these cars stayed in Kyrgyzstan. Wink, wink. Also, is Georgia still cutting out all the catalytic converters of every single car that comes into Georgia? Anybody knows about that? Let us know. On Wednesday, the 23rd, Ministry of Education and Science signed a memorandum of cooperation with the Peace Corps, an independent agency and program of the U.S. government that trains and deploys volunteers around the world. Primary objective is to enhance and streamline the teaching and learning of English and Georgian regional schools. According to the agreement, Peace Corps volunteers will collaborate with public school students and assist local English language educators. Additionally, under short-term support programs, volunteers will help employees, students, and individuals in vocational colleges and resource centers interested in refining their English language proficiency and enhancing their professional skills. Go Peace Corps. Rent seems to be going down in Tbilisi from what we've heard, probably because some Russian and Ukrainian migrants who've gone to Georgia en masse seem to be moving on to other countries. The war started, rents skyrocketed, but now there are ads for urgent renting. Many are going to the Emirates where they bought property or were given a 10-year golden visa. And maybe some of them are just buying rather than renting in Felici. That's it for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. Please subscribe. Nachfondis.